Hey, what's up, everyone? Sam Shaw here from Wall Street Mastermind. I'm here today with another client interview for you guys. Um, today, I'm excited to have Takashi on with me. Um, Takashi is uh, one of our clients that just finished his uh, summer internship recruiting process for summer 2021. So um, he's also, the reason I'm really excited to have him on is he's one of our first clients to uh, recruit for banking in Asia. So I wanted to get him on here to talk about that experience a little bit just because I'm sure uh, it's a bit different from recruiting here in the U.S. So for those of you who are interested in recruiting for Asia, um, definitely want to check this interview out. So Takashi, thank you for uh, taking the time to talk to us. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah, to just give a brief background on myself, um, I'm from originally from Clifton, New Jersey, and I actually um, go to Cornell University, uh, and I'm a junior uh, majoring in industry and labor relations, but I actually transferred from Rutgers uh, Business School um, after spending the, uh, like my freshman year there. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and then I essentially decided to join Wall Street Mastermind because, um, you know, figuring out what career path I want to take within finance, um, definitely came across investment banking, and then, you know, I don't really have any you know, background information or any resources or even connections to understand like what the process is even like, let alone go through the process. So, you know, I came across, you know, Sam and I watched you last time and I thought it was a great resource to, you know, help me get into banking. So that's, you know, the re one of the reasons why I joined. Got it. That makes sense. So let's, uh, let's go back to the beginning. So, cause something you mentioned, which I think is, uh, interesting for people to hear about, like you started out Rutgers in freshman year, which is obviously close to home because you're from Jersey. Um, and then you decided to transfer to Cornell. Um, I think that was actually right around the time you joined was when you were just finishing up at Rutgers and be, mm -hmm. right before you uh, transferred to Cornell. Now, obviously Cornell is a great school, um, but like what made you, what, what made you want to transfer? Yeah, so um, when I applied to Cornell in high school, I actually had the transfer option, meaning like as long as I spent my freshman year at a different university, mm -hmm. um, you know, I could just transfer as a sophomore and then, you know, graduate at Cornell so I essentially took the transfer option and I just spent my freshman year at Rutgers and it's just more of like a family thing where it's like you know just in case you know financial or something doesn't work out you go you just stay at Rutgers so I think it's better mm -hmm. to just go to a state school freshman year yeah. rather than like community or something yeah. and then you know just transfer in got it okay so then you when you were at Rutgers or when you were leaving Rutgers you hadn't really done anything yet as far as the Muslim banking recruiting goes. Like you had just started, you had just started to think about going into banking and that's kind of like when you joined Wall Street Mastermind, is that right? Oh yeah, that's correct. Okay, got it. Um, so then you joined Wall Street Mastermind. Um, like what did you, like talk to us about your kind of recruiting journey after joining Wall Street Mastermind. Like how was it? I mean, recruiting is always tough, obviously, but like, how was it for you personally? Um, and like, what did you kind of like get out of being a program like Wall Street National? Yeah, so in terms of the um, program, it was definitely helpful in terms of having like a path laid out that you just take. And as long as you put in the work, you get something out of it. So it's like, rather than doing everything on your own and then not knowing if you're even doing it right, or even like worst case, you know, you don't even know if you're like, you may be doing something wrong and you don't even know that you're doing right. So in, in that case, it's like Wall Street Mastermind is definitely helpful in that there's a foundation that you, like as long as you follow and you know, you're active um, within, within that program, you definitely are able to accomplish what you want to accomplish. 
Um, so in terms of that, you know, recruiting is definitely, it's difficult. It's like, it's very like mentally, you know, challenging sometimes. So you like, you know, you definitely like uh, make use of like the support group and the other students that are going through recruiting as well. to you know, literally um, bounce off of each other you know, what's the, like, you know, any questions that you, you got in interviews or even like questions about the, the recruiting timeline for some of these banks. So in that case, um, you know, the program is definitely useful and then, you know, being uh, prepared for interviews so you don't end up, you know, you know making a, you know, embarrassing yourself without being able to answer a question. Um, so in that case, you know, the program is definitely useful. Got it. Okay. What, um, like, what, what, what was the hardest part of, investment banking has been for you, would you say? Um, I guess the hardest part was like, I guess, networking. Because, yeah. you know, it's challenging because you're essentially cold calling these people you don't really know. And they're very busy people. So sometimes they're, they might be a little bit moody. So they might, you know, rub off on the wrong way on you. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's, it's definitely a numbers game. So, you know, you're never going to have a good call with every banker that you talk to. Yeah. Some of them are going to be very rough on you and very abrasive. And you're just going to be like, what the heck was that? But, you know, at the end of the day, <laughs> it is a numbers game. So you definitely start off like awkward with each phone call. And then, you know, by the time you're on your like, you know, X amount of phone calls, then you definitely, you know, or, or master or become very good at it. Yeah. So in that sense, you know, um, just follow the, the program, follow what you need to say, the email format that they give you, um, you know, the questions that they should, uh, that you should ask, you know, become prepared to the, to the networking call and, you know, be very, um, you know, diligent in whatever you, you do and make sure that you're, you're paying attention so you continue to, you know, um, have that follow-up uh, questions and uh, have that, you know, relationship building before you go into recruiting. So by the time recruiting does roll around, you have that, you know, referral or any any sort of um, guidance that you need from them. Got it. So one thing, sounds like one thing that was helpful for you is just having like all the templates and the emails and the scripts and uh, frameworks to use when it comes to networking so that you don't have to try and figure out like, am I saying the right things or how do I get these people to respond to me or what questions should I be asking, what questions should I not be asking, like everything's kind of already laid out for you and you just have to follow the instructions basically. Right, yeah, so it's like, I guess like, if you compare yourself to people outside of the program, you know, people like have that general idea that, yeah, like, you know, if you want to get into this field, you have to, you know, network, right? People know that you're gonna network and then you hopefully get that referral. That's like the, the you know, the general, idea that everyone understand but when it comes to like how do you do it and then like what do you do about, like how do you go about doing that then you you know the program like quote unquote gives you like you know a cheat sheet you know it gives you upper hand when it comes to like how you go about it and then you know nailing everything that you need to do when it comes to networking mm -hmm. and getting that referral so in that sense yeah the program is definitely gives an upper edge compared to other 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 students got it got it okay so networking is a big help for you and then like I actually, I think one thing that would be really helpful for people uh, for us to talk about is just like the recruiting process in Japan, because like I said, you're one of our first clients to um, recruit in Asia. And so even I myself am very uh, uh, personally curious about like the, the similarities and differences between how recruiting is done over there and how recruiting is done over here, right? Like, did you, first of all, I guess a couple questions like, 
what was the process like with the banks in Asia? Like, because you you interview with mostly both black and banks there, right? Right. Um, is the process similar or different to how they do things in the states? And if there's a difference, like, what would you say is the difference? Um. Yeah. So I guess. Uh, yeah. There's. It's definitely different from the recruiting from the states. Um. Just like. I guess like the big thing is like the timeline. It's. Um. So for over there in Japan, the EG like, recruit. Oh, for for I guess so. There's two different ways that they recruit. So they take um some of their kids from people just studying in the students just studying in Japanese universities or colleges, and they take a portion of their class from um, international students so people studying in the states so like for people studying in japan like japanese universities and colleges the uh, recruiting timeline is a little it's like usually during the fall time so it's a little bit um you know slower than the u.s who started like usually in the summer or something or even before um and then but um for students fall of of junior year that is oh yeah fall of junior year so it'd be like you know october slash november ish and that's when like applications end and then like well for students who are studying in the states aka that was like me because i'm studying in the u.s even though like i was never (laughs) in japan to begin with but i just like i guess speak japanese like kind of helping out but yeah they look for like i guess bilingual people who could speak both um you know japanese and english and they have like that um, study abroad or like uh, international experience Mm-hmm. Um, for those people, the application starts in the summer, but um, but interviews and like they don't they won't start reviewing until like um, September, and then interviews won't roll out until like end of September, um, beginning of October, and then um, yeah, so they'll have like uh, interviews like all throughout October, and then they usually want to give out the offer by the beginning of November. Oh, and then. So usually the way that they recruit um, international students is they have like a career fair uh, where like, um, you know, not just like uh, banks, but like a lot of just like um, companies, it's like tech companies or like um, even like insurance companies, they come to Boston every year, um, like at the beginning of November. And then that's where they, you know, attract um, all the international students um, to interview and then like essentially, you know, give them offers. So it's like, Usually you want to start the process early as you can. So by the time, you know, on November rolls around, like beginning of November, um, the, the career fair, it's like mostly just final rounds and you don't have to deal with like, uh, you know, the, you know, entering your, your entry sheet or any, or like uh, giving out your resume at the booth. So as long as you understand that is like, a, you know, a good way to, you know, make sure you just, you know, lay in all your interviews. But before then, go, go to Boston for your final round and then get the offer, hopefully. Got it. Okay, so you, you actually, you didn't get your interviews at that career fair, but by the time you went to the career fair in November, you just went there for the final round. Yeah, that's usually what, yeah, people who understand how, like, the career fair works uh, know. So they, honestly, they're prepared and they already have interviews prior to going to Boston. Mm-hmm. And then Boston is usually just the final round. It's, like, it's possible to, like, get an offer doing nothing and then just going to Boston and, then, like, so, like, giving your resume at the booth of the company yeah. but it's like you, you need to really be like a hot shot where like oh this this guy this applicant is you know really really you know he's like we should like interview him but even then those usually those applicants like hot shot applicants they understand how the like process works so they never usually just go to the booth like like <laughs> on the day 
and sure. you know they do everything beforehand for, for the most part so sure, sure yeah that makes sense um so you mentioned that they take some of the kids from japanese universities and some from international students do you happen to know kind of roughly what that breakdown is like is it 80 20 70 30 like do you, do you have a sense um i honestly wouldn't know that much it's just like i just know that like usually typically in a class it's but it's mostly filled by um japanese university students so in that aspect i guess it's like it's definitely less less than 50 50 so they only pick up like a handful of students from from like studying in the u.s okay got it um so it's not like there's a ton of opportunity like it's still a pretty competitive process yeah, it's still competitive but yeah it's um but the number of applicants is definitely lower yeah so if that if that helps um yeah okay. understood um did you ever spend any time in japan or you grew up here your entire life um i grew up in the states my entire time but i just like attended japanese school like on the weekends okay so, like you know i i was able to you know learn japanese okay got it um and the interviews were mostly in japanese not english right well uh, yeah most of my interviews were in japanese and then it was like i guess i had like one interview where the interviewer was like oh did you interview in japanese like earlier and i was like yeah okay he was like okay let's just do english then i'm like okay so it's just like it's yeah it's definitely try to like you know make sure it's less interviewee interview like i guess even though it is an interview it's like they want to try their best to make it a conversation but right yeah. right um so like how fluent would you say you have to be to be able to pass these interviews like do you have to be i don't know how fluent you are in japanese but it sounds like since you grew up here like is you're probably not like at the native level of fluency right? i'm guessing you're kind of i mean still you like speak at home with your parents maybe and that's about it um yeah so in terms of what they require it's like minimum like business level jap or like fluency um, fluency in japanese mm -hmm. so like in that aspect like yeah like i had to like make sure like you know my japanese was on point but it was very difficult because i like i don't usually speak it you know when i'm in college mm -hmm. so it was definitely hard but they do like want a person who like let's say you put them in a client meeting or something with a japanese client because you're in japan like they expect you to be able to talk intelligently you know and then like without like stuttering so in that aspect they do require like you know japanese proficiency to like i guess like close to native level essentially but um and it also depends on like you know the division you're in so like for investment banking like they usually do require um you know native level japanese or you know up to par to that level but you know different divisions like sales and trading where you don't really need that much like you know i guess like uh communications if you're like a trader um then they don't require that much um japanese but yeah for ib it's yeah they do require it so in that sense i, I was like it was nerve-wracking interviewing because some of these questions were like really, really easy or like i knew the answer was like a matter of like if i could regurgitate my english answer into japanese um and then, like would they like would they like understand the answer and then like if, if they will buy the answer too so right i think okay it worked out interesting okay um definitely a unique set of challenges and so in terms of the interview process itself you know like here in the states with a lot of these bulge bracket banks is maybe you know you do a higher view and if you pass a higher view then you do a super day and then the super day is like 
you know, multiple interviews back to back. And if you pass that, then you get the offer, right? Is the process similar in Japan or is it different? Like how many rounds did you have to go through and what was that like? Yeah, so I definitely for the board records in Japan, it's definitely different from the ones that you say. There's no higher view. And if you pass the higher view, you go straight to, to a super day. So like, for Japan, there wasn't really a super day. So I was just like really surprised when they like, you know, told me that I got the offer. So you start off with the higher view and then, you know, it was basic questions. And it was like 10 questions too. It was like 10 questions. Like the higher like, Yeah, there was like 10 oh. questions for the higher view, at least for from Inc. of America. And then like, I think like six or seven of them were in Japanese and then like the rest were like in English. <laughs> or like you had an answer in English. And then after you get past the higher view, you got you your, um, your first round. And then like each round, it's like, you're just talking to like one like junior level employee and one senior level employee. Mm-hmm. And then um, they're usually back to back. So it's like, for my case, it was like um, 20 minutes with the junior employee and then 20 minutes uh, with the senior employee back to back. And then like each round, you're just talking to, yeah, like one junior and then one senior um, level employee. And then you just do like multiple rounds of that. And then if they like you enough, they like give you an offer. So it's like, I guess like they just start off with like, uh, you know, an X amount of applicants and every round you talk to, they just like cut off some people who just like, just don't have like the certain requirements of say like, you know, having like that market knowledge or just being up to date with the current events. And if you can't answer like stuff like behavioral questions as well, they just like, you know, knock you out. And then like, you just keep going with different, um, different employees within the firm. And then like, you know, if you pass like a few, you know, check all their boxes that they're looking for and they essentially give you the, the offer got it so how many rounds in total did you have to go through um so for bank of america i went through three um three rounds of interviews okay so three rounds and then each round is two 20 minute interviews so you did like you met six different people for 20 minutes yeah i met six different people correct yeah. on top of the higher view with 10 questions all right got it okay cool um and then like in terms of the types of questions that they were asking you, I mean, obviously I know it's in Japanese for the most part, whereas typically it's in English, but aside from the language difference, the questions themselves, like, is it pretty much the same questions or are they asking you kind of different questions? Oh, like what then? Like, like... Is it the same as the questions that, because like typically like when we prepped you for the behaviorals, like, we we're like, hey, these are the questions that you should prepare for, and this is how you should answer these questions, and then we come up with your answer and whatnot, right? Right. Were those, like, kind of the same, like, the questions that we expected you to get, were they the same type of questions in Japan, or are, you know, the Japanese offices asking something totally different because uh-huh. maybe there's yeah. a difference or something? Right. Um, yeah, so, like, all the questions that were asked for, for, for Japan, it was literally, like, any question that you could see on the the question guide that the Wall Street Mastermind has. So like, I don't remember any time that I was asked a question. I was like, how do I answer this? Or like, uh, what do I say? You know, like, like every question that I received was like, yeah, like I was expected or like, yeah, like I remember like reading, reading it on like the, the question guide or, and then like answering like, I was like typing out my answer. So like, there was never a question where I wasn't like prepared for, or like I, that caught me off guard. Yeah. Cause like most of the questions that it's, it's honestly just general questions that, you know, that investment banker expects you to know if you're like interested in the position. Got it. Got it. So basically in other words, cause we get this question a lot. Like sometimes we talk to students 
Uh, maybe now they're not like studying the U.S. and then trying to recruit for another a geography. But sometimes we talk to students like in Europe, like they go to school in Europe or they go to school in Asia, and they're just trying to recruit locally. And then they're always wondering, like, well, I mean, is what you teach in Wall Street Mastermind actually going to be applicable? Because I'm not trying to recruit for the U.S. And we always tell them that, I mean, look, investment banking is the same everywhere. Right? Like the, the job itself does not change aside from the language. And so the, the traits and the qualities that these interviewers are looking for are pretty much going to be the same. Right. It's not like. In the U.S., they look for one, one set of qualities, and then in Japan, they look for a different set. And in London, they look for something else altogether. It's like pretty much they ask similar questions because they're testing for the same things. Uh, would, right. you say, would you say that's accurate? Oh, yeah, that's accurate. And then, yeah, um, especially if you're, like, applying for, like, void brackets within your, your local, your geographical location, like they're gonna like look for certain qualities that like that are very similar like in any office that you are in. So mm -hmm. like any of the most of the questions I receive is just like you know like honestly in my opinion it might be a little bit like less you know grilling than like the New York officer or something like like the U.S. location. Okay. So like honestly it's fair to say that Washington Mastermind like in a sense like over prepares you for for some of these behaviors. So like when you go in there you're confident and you know like you expect what questions um they're gonna ask you and I, you're definitely like you could easily like you know nail every question they, they ask you got it because when we're preparing you we're preparing you to like the standard of hey how do we pass the interviews in new york because that's where most of our clients are trying to go but right. if you're good enough to pass the new york interviews where it's way more competitive then you're going to be more than ready to go and pass interviews in your locations is kind of what you're saying yeah for sure i guess the one thing we didn't do a good job of preparing you for though is teaching you how to answer these questions in japanese right oh yeah right that's that that's something <laughs> that <I'm doing> <laughs> yeah, yeah i need yeah. a i need to go find someone who can uh who can coach you guys on how to answer these questions in japanese <laughs> i don't have anyone like that on my team um, <laughs> but but joking aside that was probably honest like since you knew what questions to expect and you knew how you want to answer the toughest part for you wasn't like coming up with the answers. It was probably like figuring out in your head how to translate the answer you've already prepared from one language to another. Right. Cause I know like I'm bilingual, I speak Mandarin, but sometimes when I try to do translations from English and Mandarin or Mandarin to English, like it's not as straightforward as just like saying the exact same things. Like the right. sentence structures are different. The grammar is different. Sometimes if you just do a direct translation, things don't really make sense. Right. Did you kind of run right. into the challenge? Um, so yeah, so like it's like now it's not the content of the answer. It's just more of like being able to like formally, you know, present the content yeah. concisely and like without, you know, stuttering or making any you know, minor mistakes. Yeah. So like, yeah, every time like I knew how to like interview coming up, it's like less so like preparing like what I want to say, but like just making sure like, you know, I was able to like regurgitate everything I wanted to, you know, convey. Got it. Got it. That's awesome, man. So, um, so I think I think you already alluded to this, but basically, so you'll be going to Bank of America then in the Tokyo office. If right. Okay, got it. Um, and that that group there is basically regional coverage for Japan, and they work on all industries and all products. Like you just rotate across your generalists, or do you know what you'll be doing there? 
Um, yeah, it'll be a generous program. Uh, and then they combine uh, investment banking with capital markets. So, you know, uh, definitely, you know, they did ask for my preference, but um, most likely it'll just be like a rotation thing, you know, figuring, um, you know, going to different uh, industries or uh, product groups. Got it. Okay. Very cool, man. Well, that's awesome. Um, I guess one last question for you. I mean, this has been super enlightening, not, not just for our listeners, but even for me too. But um, one last question for you. So do you have any advice for people who may be in a similar situation as you? Maybe they want to recruit for um, a different office. Maybe they want to go to Asia. Or maybe they're in the States, they want to go to Asia. Or maybe they're already abroad and they're listening to this right now. Like maybe they go to school in Asia or they go to school and, and they want to recruit locally. Like, do you have any advice for people who are trying to do that? Um, maybe something that you wish someone else had told you back when you first started this process. Um, yeah, so I guess one of the advice that I'll give some um, students is um, start early. I guess like, uh, I think it's, you know, it's, it's, it's something that's said by everyone. I feel like that goes to recruiting, but the reason why I say <laughs> just start early is because um, you know, if you start early, you could definitely have more opportunities um, to, to look at. So you could do a lot more research when it comes to, you know, whether, you know, what, what bank I want to apply to, like what location I want to apply to. Because, you know, once the application closes, it closes, right? There's no turning back time and, you know, applying again. So it's like, once you start early and then you have all like the, you know, back end stuff of like, you know, networking having all your behavior questions like typed out and like uh, rehearsed um under like um memorizing like the technical questions um once you do like all that preparation stuff you know earlier and then by the time like recruiting does roll around um you're not like flustering all like oh like what do i have to do to like you know snag like the internship you just by then you're prepared and you know exactly what you need to do so then once that happens and you just like essentially become a robot and you just go through every interview um, you know, with the, with the mindset of, you know, like I'm confident I'm going to be able to, you know, successfully, you know, answer all these questions and I'm prepared and like, I'm in a good situation. And then like, you just get into that zone of like, you know, it just comes down to, it's just a numbers game, which is like, I just have to snag one. So then just like, as all these interviews, you know, roll, roll out, it's like, okay, it's like, you know, I, I just got to get one job out of all this. Um, and then as long as you apply to, you know, all these, you know, companies, you're essentially going to get one, right? So in that case, you know, hopefully, you start, <laughs> yeah, hopefully, hopefully, no promises, but, you know, um, you know, the higher number of applications you, you know, you submitted, you know, the greater chance you have of, you know, getting into banking. So in that case, you know, once you get started um, early and have making sure you have that, that mindset of, you know, of a long recruiting um, journey. Um, there always is a light at the end of the tunnel as long as you follow everything the program tells you to do and yeah. you have that mentality to, you know, you know, dig deep and make sure you go through um, recruiting with a very, you know, tough-minded attitude. You know, it's, you know, there's always something good waiting for you as long as you put in the work. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That's great advice. I mean, I tell people that all the time, which is, all you need is one offer, right? right. Um, but of course, like given how selective and competitive it is, um, the more opportunities you have, the more at-bats you give yourself, right. um, the, the more likely it is that you're gonna get an offer. So absolutely starting early is critical. Because also, 
now that you're on the other side and you look back on this, you know this. Um, there's just so much work that goes into something like this, right? right. Not only are you trying to be a full-time student and keep your grades up in school, but you're networking. Like you say, you're having all these networking conversations, and those aren't really that fun, right, if we're being totally honest about it. Uh, you have to learn all your technicals. You have to learn all your behaviorals. You, there's just all these things you have to do. And then you also have a – you're a college student. You have a social life. You want to have friends and stuff. And so um, the earlier you start – the easier it is to kind of juggle all these things as opposed to like, if you're trying to rush it out at the last minute. I mean, first of all, a lot of these applications happen so early now that if you start late, it's just, there's nothing you can really do. But right. even the ones that don't open early, like you being so busy um, and trying to cram everything into like just 24 hours that you have in a day, it's, it's very, very difficult to do. Right? Or it's very difficult to do well. So I think that's great advice, man. Um, so I think, look, Guys, uh, for those of you that are still listening, um, my biggest takeaway from this really is just like getting a better understanding of what it's like to recruit um, outside of the U.S., like more specifically in Japan. But I think this also applies to other offices in Asia, like Hong Kong or maybe even London and places like that. But um, the one question that I was really curious about, because I always get asked by people, is just like, you know, how, how, how relevant is the stuff that we're doing here on Wall Street National Money for non-U.S. recruiting? Right? Like, I mean, I know, because people know that we, we've helped a ton of people get into banking in the U.S., but obviously we haven't really focused on these, these other markets because the U.S. is the biggest market, right? And it's where we're based, and so we just started it. But for these other markets, like, if you are interested in recruiting for those, um, at least based on Takashi's experience, everything that we're doing in the program is still relevant. Like the questions you're going to get asked are still the same questions. If you have a good answer prepared or it's good enough uh, to get you the job here in New York, it's most likely definitely going to be good enough for you to get jobs in, in these other um, other areas as well, right? So um, that's, that's my biggest takeaway from, from today. But I think um, for those of you that if you're, if you're recruiting for – other offices like even maybe you're studying in the u.s but you want to go to a different country after you graduate or maybe you want to go back to uh, the home your, your home country maybe you, you came from there um, or maybe you're abroad right now already and maybe you're local maybe you're in asia and you're going to school there and you want to recruit um, even in those situations if you need help with recruiting um, feel free to reach out to us and if you want to talk to someone on our team uh, to see what we could potentially help you with uh, you can Start by booking a free strategy session with us. Uh, you can do that by going to www.wallstreetmastermind.com slash apply. Um, the street's abbreviated to ST, so it's really wallstmastermind.com slash apply. And, uh, you know, someone on our team will hop on with you and we'll talk to you and learn more about your situation and understand what your goals are and what you're trying to accomplish. And more importantly, where the challenges are currently preventing you from getting there. And if it sounds like we can help you with whatever it is that you're struggling with, we're definitely happy to walk you through that. Um, and if not, we don't know how to help you with it, then at a minimum, we'll still just give you some advice on what we think we would do if we were in your shoes. Okay, so um, hopefully, you know, we get to talk to you someday, but if not, uh, regardless, like best of luck with all your recruiting processes. And uh, Kashi, I just want to thank you again for taking the time to come on here and talk to us today. And uh, you know, this was, again, super insightful, not just for me, but, you know, also for everyone else that's listening, I'm sure. And huge congrats on your uh, your offer and 
getting to Bank of America, and um, I'm sure you're going to have a blast over there in Japan over the summer, so enjoy that, and uh, keep us posted on all of your progress. Yeah, thank you for having me. It's uh, great, you know, um, talking about my experience, and hopefully it helps some of you guys have a better understanding. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Well, guys, that'll be it for today. And uh, thank you guys for tuning in. And we'll be back with more of these for you guys again in the near future. All right. Talk soon. Bye.